Defend yourself to me. Defend yourself to me. Tell me why you like the shit you like. Defend yourself to me. Now defend the solo. Like it is. Test, test, great, test, test, great. great. Hello, We're welcome. Fun. We're having such a good time. <laughs> We're having a great time talking about poop. <laughs> we did talk about poop <laughs> off mic. Uh, we can go ahead and save that for not the episode if we okay, want. Okay, that's uh, fine. Yeah, we'll move on. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> the the we talked about not having fans in bathrooms. That's true. That is whack as hell. I dealt with that today. Yeah, there was a bathroom without a fan, and I just felt outside your home. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh-huh. I just. No, good. <laughs> <laughs> Were you just yeah, worried just, about your hat? I marked it with the pen. Oh, <laughs> so, no. It's okay. fine. I thought that was you being like, wait, do I have poop on my head? Like, <laughs> yeah. That's such a weird... The logical, like, oh, no, did I... Oh, no. Is there a turd on my brain? flush it? <laughs> uh, no, thank goodness. Uh, <laughs> that's a kind of irrational fear that, like, today, like, in the morning, I, like, knocked a spider off of a jacket of mine that been, had been sitting outside. Uh-huh. And then for the rest of the day, I was like, there's a spider on me. I've checked every square millimeter <laughs> of my body, but I just feel like there's a spider on me. Wait, you had a jacket sitting outside? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> was it wet? Uh, yeah, it was very I wet. I guess it was raining. Yeah, it's not a jacket. It's like a cool... I did a weird thing where my dad was wearing his, like, work shirt. And uh-huh. I was like, that's a cool shirt. Can I have that? And he was like what can you have my shirt and i was like yeah it's cool it's cool to wear oversized like jean jacket things sure. and he was like yeah sure whatever i don't like this and i took it so it's like a work jacket okay is it is it a work jacket or the jacket he had for his job specifically no not for his job specifically just a jacket he would wear to work. yeah it was like a, a ratty thing that he rarely wore okay and I was like, that's cool. Wait, so why was it outside? Because uh, I'm a big slob. And so at some point I took it off when I was like out on my patio and just left it there for, I want to say like two months. Home? Yeah, we have like a cool, it's like a duplex village. Oh. Um, so like two of us live in the like main house and then our one friend lives in like basically a nice shed. Cool. Um, And then we have like a little patio. Where is this? And I never know how to describe it. It's like... Uh, Koreatown ish. Do you want the ex- okay. address so no, people can find to, me? I don't want anyone to, fr- you know, <laughs> creep on you. But no, Koreatown like area. Yeah. Okay. Koreatown ish, uh, and it's pretty tight. And they're about to tear it down to build condos, so we're about to get kicked out. Oh no! Mm-hmm. How long? How do you know? Because uh, they told us when we moved in, like it's probably only going to be a year, and it's been like a year and a half, so. Oh, that's a bummer, though. That's okay. This is our, this is the twenties of our lives. Oh, like our twenties? Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. No, this is like metaphorically like the nineteen twenties <laughs> in my life. Like I'm drinking meant. a lot. Sure. Wearing a lot of knee length dresses. Cool. Yeah. Old work jackets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a similar work jacket thing where my dad had a shirt that had his name Brad like stitched into the. That's but, cool. And I would wear it, but I always feel like a poser because it's not yeah, my name. Totally. It yeah. feels like such a like a hip kid thing to do. Right. But it just 
is cool though. I know. Can't help There's it. There's nothing really cool about it. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. Yeah. So Just, you guys, are you all going to try to move together? Yeah. Oh yeah, then, yeah. Okay, We're good. all buds. We all want to live together. Good. We'll see. How much is this place? <laughs> too much. Yeah, really. <laughs> it okay. is too much, but it's okay. Yeah. We like it. You know, it is very cool. I find just uh, rent, I kind of plug in with like insurance where it's just like, you just got to do it. You just have it's to. It's too much. You're not going to be happy with it, but just deal, you know? Yeah. Because you have to live somewhere. Right. And it might as well be somewhere where you're not going to be like miserable from driving six hours a day exactly. or whatever. I know people like... I know people who do that who are like, well, my aunt lives in Santa Barbara, uh, so I just drive two hours a day every single day. Yeah. How do like, you do that? I don't know. Oh, it's I would hate that. Bummer as hell. That's no good. I don't know. I mean, good for them. Right. They're saving a shitload of money. I mean, that's the big perk is you don't have to pay. Right. If you're paying no rent, that's great. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know how you deal with that. Or like... uh I've like I've heard of people whose parents will buy them a house, and then like, or that will invest in a home, mm-hmm. and be like, oh, you live there and pay rent to us, and like we'll slowly pay it off. Oh, but, that sort of makes sense. But then I'm like, like if my parents bought like an apartment in Sherman Oaks, right? And, like, stuck living there, right? As, and as we see, as time goes on, different neighborhoods become cool, and some don't, right? And you never know. Although I think Sherman Oaks is always going to be pretty reliably like chillish yeah. early middle age people. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably true. It's going to be like pretty cool 41 year olds uh-huh. with like eight year old kids. That all that like North Hollywood area yeah. when you just drive on those really wide streets with just <laughs> yeah. rows of apartments and it's like I could be facing any direction uh-huh. and in any part of town. Uh-huh. And pretty nearly in any part of the country. Like yeah. the, the valley just feels like wherever to me. Uh-huh. There's parts of it that are dope. But. It's like if a movie set in Ohio, Indiana, Oklahoma, any of any of the middle of the country, mm-hmm. that's pretty much North Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could film it there. You'd have to be careful with your angles so you don't right. get a palm tree in. But the palm trees are problematic. Oh boy, tell me about. But it. I do find like I will be going on a street and not know where I am, and it feels like. Do you remember those? Like, I feel like it's like a computer game puzzle where it'd be like, <laughs> like the, mist. it'd be like a pipe filling with like liquid and you had to turn the pipe pieces. Oh, so this is a complete through. mystery. You don't, to oh, me. they're so fun. <laughs> Imagine if you will, like a 10 by 10 board mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of little squares uh-huh. that are all like shapes of pipes, like an L or like a cross. So tetris but you're trying to make of. like a flow. But basically it'd be like. Here's the start, here's the end, mm-hmm. and you'd have to turn pieces so that it flows through the right. Oh, Does that make that's sense? fun. Oh, I would probably have much better spatial awareness if I'd played that as a kid. Oh, maybe, yeah. That's a good learning game. But it does have that fe- that anxiety feeling of like, I, it's, ah. you see it coming, you're like, I have to figure it out quick or it's going to catch up. Ooh, okay, yeah, no, that's why I didn't play. <laughs> yeah, I think it was in... A Rugrats computer game. The oh, Rugrats movie game, I believe. Did somebody like spill their milk or something and then you have no, to... No, it was a train. It was a train you had to... Oh. If you remember in the first Rugrats movie... Have you seen the Rugrats movie? Okay. It's Here's... fine if you haven't. I haven't. That's all right. I haven't seen any cartoons from the 90s, which oh, makes it pretty what? hard to have friends. Sure. How, have you, how did you avoid cartoons i was watching star trek honestly i don't know i just didn't watch like 
I didn't consume any kids content. Right. And so I have like no frame of reference when people talk about like movies or a book, like young adult books. I don't I don't know. Okay. I think I went straight from like boxcar children in Sesame Street to like sure. Although those I would argue are also two different Yes, Age yeah, groups. but I'm yeah. just, yeah, maybe so. Yeah, that's true. So she's like learning how to read, and, and like Boxer Children's like early reading. Yeah, and I don't even know if I really read Boxer. I just had a very <laughs> weird childhood. Okay. I was just like, let's get through this and be an adult, please, sure, yeah, as much as you. possible. That's me in my 20s. Inter- you're just like, I'm down, ready like, to be 40. let me have security of some that's sort. That's so funny. Let me be able to look back and be like, have a resume of like, here's the stuff I did. Yeah, but not have to actually live through it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Just yeah. be done with it and looking back yeah you You are ready to be retired it sounds like yeah that retirement doesn't sound terrible (laughs) no except when i think when you actually get to it it's scary oh i'm sure because i've been hearing from like friends parents who were just like so i guess i just don't have anything to do anymore right it's like oh we took up a class or we watch like my parents have gotten really into netflix they're not retired but they're just now they watch stuff and it's like oh okay yeah and quick like oh, I like showed, they power through I shows. I showed them Breaking Bad, and they watched the first season in a sitting. And granted, I think it's a six-episode season, but that's that is over five hours. Of, so many hours of TV. Wow. Yeah. Was it just like a Saturday afternoon, and they were like, why not? I think so, yeah. <laughs> wow, interesting. Yeah, they like they like binging. Yeah. But so does who all. Who doesn't? Everybody it's likes binging. It's a human condition. We're there now. Um, may I ask how old you are? I'm 27 years old. Okay, I'm also 27. We're oh, the same cool. age. So you should know the Rugrats movie. Oh, 100%. Rugrats in Paris, it's just okay. Yeah. They did a crossover with the Wild Thornberries that was not good. I um, never got Sorry into about the... that. It's all right. Um, I, Rugrats seems like something I would have liked because it's like vaguely Jewish and like oh, it's kind Jewish, of adulty. Yeah. And... yeah, a little adulty. A lot of like pop culture references. That's fun. Like, I remember Rugrats in Paris opens with a whole Godfather thing <laughs> that I didn't know until I was older. And right. Like, you never oh, okay. know. Yeah. Oh, that's very clever. I know. Where'd yeah. you grow up? Uh, Northern California. Oh, okay. So I think there was some amount of just, like, hippiness in my upbringing where mm. it was like, no, you're not going to, like, be inside and watch cartoons. Like, go out, go outdoors and roll around in the grass. Like, so are you outdoorsy? No, <laughs> I fucking hate the outdoors and I love TV probably because I never watched TV growing up and I was always outside. Okay. Uh, I don't know what I did. I just did a lot of, I just read a lot. I was like a very obsessive reader. Are you still a big reader? Yeah, okay. actually. I kind of lost it in college like everybody does. Sure. Because there's no room to read for fun. There's been kind of a big like reading resurgence. People are into reading. I feel like, like it. Ra- I feel right. like I know a lot of mid twenty somethings who are in book clubs. Yeah, book clubs are big. Mm-hmm. I think people just want more stuff to do. Maybe. Probably. Yeah. Uh, I can't get myself to read. Re- like you can't just like sit down. I've and read. recently pulled books from a shelf and been, like just put them in front of me so I won't forget wow. to try and read them. To like put them next to your bed and just. Yeah. Interesting and. Uh, it's not. <laughs> I'm really bad. Uh, you, you probably know this, but for the listener, if you have a library card, you can check out like digital books very yeah. easily. I'm like, oh, this will help me read more. Was reading Trouble Boys, the uh, biography of the band The Replacements, <laughs> a band fun. I love. I really fun. wanted to read it. Yeah. I love movies and books about. Well, I shouldn't say books, but I've read a few. 
Anything about a band's rise to popularity. That's very interesting. Anything. Are you a musician? Yes. Okay. okay. But like, I loved Jersey Boys, the Clint Eastwood movie. <laughs> Jersey Boys Not did seem really fun. the production, only the movie. I've never seen the production. Okay. Do you like musicals? Uh, it's kind of. Oh, I like shit. jukebox musicals. Oh, boy. The I lowest think. form of music. Is that what it's called? When it's like a band? Yeah, when it's a like a band and yeah. they just like plug and play songs. Yeah, I'm okay with yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Jersey Boys was great. That Thing You Do is great. Sure. Uh, Mamma Mia. I never saw it. Oh. But that's not what that's about. It's a winner. It? No, that's it's true. That's true. That's ABBA. true. It's, it's just, just a jukebox the... musical. Yeah, see that? I but I like know. to imagine it's about Ab. It's <laughs> like a teenage cool girl in it. It would be fun. I'm okay with that. You're right. Almost Famous. Almost Famous, great example. Mm. Uh, just any of those. Josie yeah. and the Pussycats. I've done an episode of this podcast. Legitimately, so. you love Josie yes. and the Pussycats. What? I know most of the songs and okay. how to play them. Okay. And the words to them. Wow. I really do love that movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. I will have to check it out sometime. I think that I was Should. in my I don't care for childish things phase when that came oh. out. And I was like, that's... But see, here's the thing. Here's why you like it. That's yeah. also a lot of like smarter jokes plugged into there's a whole thing about uh like subliminal messages and the music industry and how they like and it's they do a cool thing kind of like that sounds so funny (laughs) kind of like 30 rock where they overdo it with like branding and brands and oh when they're like trademarks yeah like i would never stoop to do that for a company and then they like drink a coke and are like "Mm, the flavor about subliminal messaging so they like stay in a mcdonald's branded hotel room and like the Every plane and every shot has like so many ads. Yeah, that's it's really smart. Funny. It's yeah, good. I'll watch it. Okay, great. I think you are not the first person to try to convince me that it's legitimately a good movie. It's very good. Mm-hmm. And the husband, I think, I don't know. Alex and I talked about it. Friend of the show, Alex was the guest that we talked about it with. I don't remember if it's a husband and wife or just a guy and a girl who make these movies together. Mm-hmm. But they did that, and they did uh, what's it called? The party uh, can't hardly wait. If you know that one. The whole movie takes place at a party. It's like one of those 90s teen. Okay. But they did those two movies. They're both perfect. Okay. Can't Hardly Wait got its title from a song by the band The Replacements, who had a book that I can't get through because <laughs> I'm not a good reader. Because you're always watching Josie and the Pussycats over exactly. and over. That's, That's your not problem. totally incorrect. <laughs> okay, wait. Here's what I want to... We'll get to your topic. Yeah. But what I want to know is, so yes. as a kid, yeah. you weren't watching cartoons. No. You were forced to be outside but weren't outdoorsy no i would go out i would go out my most vivid childhood memories are going outside and just lying down on the grass and like (laughs) imagining for hours or like picking apart (laughs) pieces of grass and imagining what did you do as you got older what about like when you hit like late middle school early high school i think i was juiced to be with my friends Okay. And I think I was just reading. I was like reading a t- like just tons and tons and tons of novels mm-hmm. and like especially like science fiction and fantasy. Sure. Uh, and I was like just like s- talking with my friends. Mm-hmm. I played a little bit of Oregon Trail, but that's really the only video game I've ever played. <laughs> I don't know what's become of I'm my so- life. Okay, so let's say let's go back <laughs> to high school. Okay. S- junior year. Okay. If I were to find someone from your graduating class that wasn't your friend, per se, but someone who you were friendly with, someone you had a couple classes with, had grown up with, but you weren't, like, super close with. Yes. What If I talked to them and said, like, hey, what was Caitlin like? Or, like, describe her in a few words. Oh, wow. Okay. 
This is a trip. I think they would say... And who is the person you're thinking? I am thinking of a girl named Aditka. <laughs> we hung out Aditka a couple great. times at parties, but we were not in the same circles of friends. Uh, also, I'm not 100% sure if I'm even saying her name right, but I can picture her so clearly in my mind's I think eye. that's even better. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think she would say theater kid. Um, I cracked a lot of jokes in class. Class clown. Yeah, a little bit of a class clown. Uh, bookish. Probably bookish. Sure, okay. Yeah. And you were doing productions and stuff? Oh, buddy. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, that's what I didn't yeah. know. Oh, what yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay, sorry, yeah. So through most of high school, what I was doing with my free time was like theater and acting. Okay. Yeah. Do you sing too? Yeah. I mean, not that well. <laughs> you like pulled your Ooh. cheeks down as you did it. <laughs> yeah, I love to. I, I sort of knew. You know how you at a certain point get a sense of like, this is a thing I like, but I'm. it's never going to be my thing. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's how I feel about singing. Okay, cool. I like it. But you enjoy it, but it's a fun it. time. Are you a shower singer? Oh, big time. Oh, interesting. In a karaoke fiend. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. As in, I'm, I think I'm probably not that fun to go to karaoke with because I'm like, I don't want to talk to you. Oh, you We're just here to fucking sing. Yeah. Sure. Do you sing along when other people are doing it? No, because I respect you the art form. You let them have form. their time. Yes. No. Okay, good. Yes. Smart. I will sit and listen. Okay. Speaking of sitting and listening, <laughs> yeah, uh, this is my attempt at a transition. It's great. Uh, you, I reached out to see if you'd like to do the show, and you were adamant to talk about <laughs> Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. And you gave me an out. You were like, "It can be whatever. We oh, can yeah. just come up with it organically. Yeah, we can just figure it out. Mm -hmm. It could be not having hobbies as a child. <laughs> that would be an interesting you know? thing to talk about. Uh, but. Yeah, I'm very fascinated by how this came because I let me clarify for everyone involved. I've seen the J.J. Abrams films, mm -hmm. and that's it. Oh, I feel so. I'm sad familiar for you. with the franchise. Yeah. I know there's a lot of variations. I know there were the movies. I know there's mm. the back, the next generation, and that mm -hmm. kind of iteration. Mm -hmm. But other than that, <laughs> clean slate. Hell yeah. Oh, baby. That I can work with. The other thing, though, is like, I know if you were like, name the shows, mm -hmm. I'd be like, there's the original series, there's the next generation, mm -hmm. there's Voyager, mm -hmm. there's the one with the woman lead. That is Voyager. Is that Voyager? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then there's just Enterprise, Enterprise. which is the okay. one we don't talk about. Sure. And then there's Deep Space Nine. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And the J.J. Abrams ones. And. Just to clarify for my hardcore Trekkies. Oh, and the animated show. Oh, I mean, I've certainly never said <laughs> that because I didn't have a childhood. Um, well, the J.J. The Abrams movies are really fun. Yeah. And I, like, do not knock them as movies. They're not, to me, they're not Star Trek movies. They're Star Wars movies in the Star Trek universe. That's fair. Because they have that sense of, like, we're zooming all over the galaxy and, ooh, we're sexing ladies and, yeah. like, oh, the tension. I'm like, ooh, a big bad guy who's got scary makeup. Like, Keep that's going. just. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and, ooh, we're so hot. And, oh, Spock's got a lot of feelings. Uh, that's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're they're super fun movies. I'm down to open the universe up a little bit more. I don't think they're true to the Star Trek vision. That's fair. 
I've told this story before on this podcast at least twice. But I'm going to tell you because I've never told you. Good. I saw Star Wars The Force Awakens at midnight or like the first screening at the Arclight. During which they played a trailer for Star Trek Beyond, the third. And the, at this point, the most recent Star Trek J.J. Abrams production. Although he wasn't the director. That was Justin Lin for Oh, Fast yes. Furious. And I hear he was very good. I still haven't seen that. It's fine. Okay. Uh, but after the trailer plays. And the trailer features BC Boy sabotage. There's a lot of explosions and stuff. And it ends. And then someone just goes, Star Trek's supposed to be intelligent. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and the room was silent. Uh, <laughs> and then a couple people like, "Are they single?" <laughs> so funny. It's yeah. so embarrassing. No, but it's so true. But like That's... in a room full of lightsabers and Darth Vaders and people who don't oh, give a shit about really Star funny. Trek at the moment. But this is how Trekkies are. That my first reaction was like, "That guy gets it," because it's like it does it. We we will go hard into like the philosophy of Star Trek anytime, sure. anywhere. So I completely <laughs> understand why that person was like, I have to say something. Like this I mean, is I just get wrong that. because in my head, Star Trek is Star Wars. Is Aaron Sorkin did it? Like a lot of like walking through corridors. <laughs> no, Battlestar Galactica oh, that's is it? Star Wars. If Aaron Sorkin did Got it. Got it. Sorry. That's fair. It is a fair amount. Yeah. I mean, it is very like brainy and political and it's all about relationships. Sure. It's like 100% relationship dynamics. At least DS9 is. Uh, We're already there. <laughs> and I would say next generation too, probably. TNG. Yeah. <laughs> yes, actually. In fact, yes. Uh, uh, so you're a Star Wars guy. More than Star Trek, yes. Okay. I Makes really sense. like Star Wars. Yeah. People put it on too much of a pedestal. Yes, that I is exactly how I feel I about really, it. I really, really like it. Probably yeah. more than, yeah, uh, probably a little more than the average, but less than the people that go like, I don't know. It's the only, people are about Star Wars the same way people are about the Beatles, where they're like, it's perfect. Everything about it right. is the most perfect. And like, it's the only pop culture reference you need or whatever. And it's, it's like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I understand that viewpoint. I really? get why people go like not for me. Mm. Uh yeah, it's a little above. Yeah. It's just a lot. I don't like the like cult of Star Wars right. so much. What upsets me is it's like if you hear like Oh Sweet Lord by George Harrison, you don't go like this is ruining the Beatles. <laughs> It's like, no, we can also like Rogue One, <laughs> like still like the old ones. Ah, and... yes, that's a good point. Right. People are like die hard, like do not touch this sacred text about Star yeah. Wars. And like, I don't know how much, have you seen like the Star Wars movies? Uh, I haven't seen Rogue One yet. It's very good. I highly recommend it. But like Force Awakens comes out. Everyone goes, oh, it's too similar to New Hope. Yeah. That's like, well, what do you want? <laughs> Something completely weird yeah, and different? because then when you, you got your weird and different thing with the prequels, you were mad. Yeah. And it was not different in a good way, certainly. But like, sure. I love Force Awakens. Honestly, I've uh, up until like two years ago, I fell asleep during every single Star Wars movie. Not because I didn't like them, just because I think they drag and the pacing is not great. Sure. Um, and Force Awakens, I loved. I saw it twice in theaters. Oh, I had wow. A great time. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm glad. I had a freaking blast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that the rivalry between Trekkies and Star Wars people is a false dichotomy. I, I think so, too. I think you can love both. They're not, they're apples and oranges. Amen, brother. If they're just sci fi properties, 
that happen to be around the same time. Yeah. That's not fair to lump them in the same category. No way. That's like saying you can't like Star Trek and Samuel Delaney novels. Like, who can't? They're different sure. things. Who's Samuel Delaney? He's a sci-fi writer. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they're they're different beasts. Wait, do you like Stephen King? I don't think I've ever finished a Stephen King novel. I think I would if I like sat down and read it. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. There's a new Hulu show called Castle Rock all about the fake all of his books are set in castle rock maine a fake city oh yeah and then all the i think all like the franchises merge or something interesting I well i was just listening to there's a plug in another podcast i have nothing plug to it. do with but it's uh how did this get made yeah they like review and they, they really need to get their numbers up so if anyone oh, hears this okay please <laughs> yeah they're now. desperate they're not doing well <laughs> those three people are not having good careers uh, but they review. They did a weird review on Dreamcatcher. Yes, which apparently is like his worst novel. Uh huh. I don't know much it's about it. It's the one I've read. Oh no! I read it as a kid because Dreamcatcher is very similar to The Thing, which is like one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah. Uh, I didn't dislike it. Reading it, okay. I did see it, and it's very bad okay. as a movie. Which it's four of my like favorite actors. I know as the dudes, but they don't work. Yeah, yeah. So I. But hear. it is if you like look at it, it is kind of like the thing meets Stranger Things. They like, it's like find a powerful that... person who they saved as a kid who comes back to help them when aliens attack. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is kind of cool. It's all set in the winter, winter like snowy cabin. Maniness, but the part that's not so great about it is that aliens explode out of people's buttholes. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, they were like worms that had faces open. Ew, it was gross. Gross. Also, a lot of it took like th- one of the guys is like a savant who can has like a library in his brain that he can access information. Oh yeah, I, I remember Sherlock has the done podcast. since that worked. Yeah, but I remember seeing the movie like what? Now we're inside of a library oh, inside someone's boy. brain, and it's a big aspect of the novel. Yeah, but so it's like a metaphor. It, yeah, it's not a real library, right? That Oy. part doesn't work. Yeah, anyway. not every Stephen King novel's perfect they for movies. They can't all be good. They can't all be. Or like, there's that one he doesn't even remember writing. The Tommy Knockers. Oh, is that the one like right after his car accident when he was I on? I think so. Oxycontin? Yeah, and he wrote a book and just like forgot about it. <laughs> I don't know. I can't mm. write a script if I try my hardest. I love that, so but he somehow him. just yep <laughs> yeah. been working on a pilot for two years. But uh, whatever. Also, I'll do like a weekly column in Entertainment <laughs> Weekly. <laughs> sure. Why not? Yeah, uh, he's a hero. Anyway, mm-hmm. Deep Space Nine. Ugh. How did you get to that one specifically? Okay, so. Here's why it's my favorite Star Trek iteration. You got the original series, which is fun times with your space friends. It's just... So, okay. Um, Gene Roddenberry is the creator of Star Trek and by all accounts a genius. Um, But he controlled it very, very tightly. And he had a lot of really strong opinions of what it needed to be. And so, like, some of his opinions were awesome. Like, it's interracial. Like, it's a post-racial future. Uh, They're concerned about much bigger issues. So, they like, racism is not a thing anymore. Uh, But some of it was like there can never be conflict between members of the crew. 
like lasting uh, conflict that lasts more than like one episode sure or isn't a product of like an alien mind control ray okay so the original series is very boy scouty it's very like gee willikers like captain you're beaming down to the planet great idea let's all beam down sure. like and so i think people who love the original series love it because it's this technicolor clean world right uh which I totally get then you've got the next generation, mm -hmm. which is still kind of the Roddenberry era, but the writers were starting to push back against that stuff a little mm -hmm. bit. So there would be like some more complicated feelings like the, do you know the next generation at all? I know it's Picard. Yes. Right? Yeah. So Captain Picard will make mistakes once in a while, sure. but they're always resolved by the end of the episode because uh, okay. the captain has to be infallible. Right. Um, because it's a utopia. Sure. And then Roddenberry died. And Deep Space Nine is the first series that he had no hand in. Oh. He like sort of helped to come up with the idea. And the premise of Deep Space Nine is basically it's a it's a Wild West town. It's like an outpost on the far edges of like known space. Uh, and the Federation takes over this space station from another uh space empire basically sure uh and all of these people kind of have to cohabit on it for all their different reasons and it is like lots of complex emotions and like people who were formerly at war have to learn to live together and get along and it's really oh. hard because they're traumatized and like sometimes the captain makes mistakes and sometimes people stay mad at each other for a long time and like interesting there are whole series arcs where people like are just like we're both trying to do the good moral thing and we just don't agree on what that is okay so here's where the inner uh, inner uh intergroup fighting and stuff kind of exists exactly because everyone's kind of on their own yes i mean and everybody is just sort of coming from such different backgrounds sure and they all one of the things i love about star trek is people are always trying to do the right thing it's like that's good people's yeah. intentions are just always good even if they are completely at odds with each other they're always like i'm just trying to do the best i can for my people sure. uh but what i want for my people is at odds with what you want for your people uh yeah oh. so there is a lot of conflict and it gets pretty dark interesting yeah, yeah. which I it's weird that you said like it's very like post-racial mm -hmm. but there's still these like very because people are tied to their people. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay, well, there's, we're post-racial, but species-wise. But then we got, like, aliens and different groups. It's like, okay. Totally. I, I and see. I mean, one big character arc, uh, who this character played by Cole Meany, who's, like, a wonderful Irish actor, um, has this arc where he was involved in the war between the Federation and this species called the Cardassians, which is funny. Yes. It sounds the, like Kardashians. They came up about 600 times in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Very, very huge. Uh, so they were formerly at war, and now they're not anymore, and he was a soldier. Is he the one that looks vaguely like Albert Brooks? I can't picture Albert Brooks. He's got curly hair and yeah, like a square face. Yep, that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Brooks. He's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, great, great, great. Uh, but he's got like a lot of racism that he has to deal with because he's like those like bloody Cardassians killed my friends, and now I have to like sit on this space station and make nice uh, with them. Yeah. Uh, and so they explore a lot of that. And like the reason that they're at this space station to begin with was because the Cardassians had 
had this like very brutal occupation of, of this planet Bajor and they had built this space station to basically like dominate the Bajorans who are just space Jews it's it's space World War Two. Oh. Um. and so when the war ends the Cardassians pull out and the Federation is like we'll come and help you rebuild your society but everybody on the whole planet is so traumatized and so they're all just like how do we rebuild our culture like how do we start over do we assimilate into the Federation do we like preserve our culture at all costs Wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's heavy. It's heavy shit, dude. Yeah, that's heavy. <laughs> uh, is Deep Space Nine, uh, it's just the outpost, right? It's yeah. not a ship, like, exploring? No, and that's another reason that it's so different from other Star Trek shows, is they can't just... It, it lends itself to long story arcs, because they can't just fly off to another planet. Right. And, like, leave for another adventure. It's like... Well, we're still here, and that person from that episode is still here, and they're still an antagonist. Sure. So what do we do? That's interesting. Yeah. And in later, I think, fourth season, they, like, get a ship that can do long-range missions. So once in a while, they'll, like, do a traditional Star Trek thing. But it's less, like, on today's episode, we go to this planet and fight this creature, but there's this twist. Yeah, it's much less like that. Hmm. And I think it's sort of... It's a similar balance to the X-Files, actually, where it's like there's the sort of narrative of them like, and the versus the government. And that's yeah. like half to 60 percent of the episodes. And then sometimes there will be Monster of the Week. And sure. so like some episodes of DS9 are like the through line. And some of them will be like, we go to the Ferengi homeworld and it's wacky. <laughs> sure. Yeah. All right. I can get into that. Yeah. So I was also thinking while watching it, I was like, I know at least the looks of like seven characters. Yeah. Like I know yes. all of like the originals because of the movies, I think. Mm-hmm. But I can I know who Sulu is. Right, and Scotty. Exactly. And, yeah. and then I knew Picard. Yeah. And Well, who doesn't know Picard? What's the guy with the like lumpy forehead? Worf? Worf, yep. Yeah. Is that Next Generation? He's, yeah, he's in Next Generation okay. and Deep Space Nine. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then we come to Quark. Okay, let's talk about Quark. Quark pops up. What is it? Quark? Yeah. Quark, Quark po- pops up. Quark pops up. <laughs> Got it the third time. You nailed it. Quark pops up, and I was like, oh, I remember this guy. He's weird looking, but I remember that. Like the look of that character. that, And he's very straight. I thought it was going to be like a wacky sidekick character and in the pilot he's a normal guy with a very weird face yes he's got an insane face and an insane view on the world but he is like kind of he's always up to hijinks but in a very like straight deadpan way interesting it's an interesting character yeah and it's it's a really well written character and crazy makeup insane (laughs) it looks like you took a a clay picture of a face and like push the eyes and cheekbones in and then pulled the ears out. Are you sure you're not thinking of Odo? I don't know. He's the one with the very smooth face. No, this is definitely huge ears. Okay, and Quark's like got lumpy forehead. and like a big back of his yes. head. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Which one's cool. Udo? Odo. Odo, flat face. Oh, okay, Odo, <laughs> great character, great character. So he is a changeling he can change his body into any form Mm. and when the show begins he's the only known one in the universe and everybody's like what kind of alien are you where'd you come from nobody knows and he's like i don't know i don't remember like they just discovered me and one day i woke up and i was in a lab sure um 
And so he's got a whole tortured thing going on. But he like loves law and order. So he's just like a policeman and he's just like he's like a detective and he just wants to be a good cop. Who's I think it's probably next generation. Who is like the very pale person? Uh that might be data. Oh, he's a robot data. guy. Yeah. yeah. Like really slick hair. Yes, yeah. And like pale and kind face. of palish yellowish yeah. face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I know that one too. Yeah, that one's data. I feel like I know Next Generation just because it was on TV, but didn't watch it. I think, yeah, I think a lot of people know Next Generation because we were, like, young, young enough to be just, like, sitting in front of the TV. Yeah, and I think it's probably when it hit, like, uh, syndication, it was on, like, UPN a lot, like, WGN, you'd be like, oh, there it is. There it is. It's on. Yeah, I think Next Generation was, like, peak Star Trek viewership, like, when Uh, the most people were, like, tuning in every week. Got you. Do you did you subscribe to the whole kitten caboodle, like the oh. movies and the all of it, baby? Really? <laughs> well, my family was really into it. Okay. Um. It. So yeah, I, I'm sure I've seen all the movies. I don't remember most of them. Sure. And I watched a lot of Next Generation. Next Generation is what made me want to be in entertainment. Really? Mm-hmm. I had this very vivid memory of like sitting on the couch with my family and watching Next Generation and being like. Oh, they're acting. And then Whoa. I was like, oh, that's a job that you can have. And I was like, oh, well, I'll do that. <laughs> That'll be my thing. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Do that. That's yeah. cool. Why not do that? You have to have something to get you into it. Amen. That's what was your end? How did you know you wanted to do comedy? Mine's lame. <laughs> uh, I really liked Kevin Smith movies a lot. I really like Clerks. I hold Clerks Deer still to this day. I get it. Uh, it's not a great movie, but it's very funny. And I liked that kind of humor on a screen and you're like that's what i want to do and then i realized i just talked about it all the time i was like oh, i should just pursue this yeah. why not yeah it's going great yeah here Look we are us. recording a podcast baby. wild <laughs> you know we're doing it uh i wanted to mention mm-hmm. i thought of it when you brought it up mm-hmm. but my roommate carolyn who i don't think you've met before friend of the show yeah. carolyn clarecki we used to do improv practice at her old office mm-hmm and one of the like top two people, him and his father, I think wrote for Voyager. Interesting. One because there was always a lot of like Star Trek stuff around. Yeah. On the walls and like a, they had the framed like title card with the writer's credit. Damn. I don't remember which one it was. That's I think it was cool. Voyager. It might have been Deep Space Nine. Seems like the right timing because Voyager was kind of after-ish Deep Space Nine. Was it the last? What was the last Star Trek show? Enterprise. Mm. And that's one that people don't like it's so bad really oh oh and i think it's bad like when you i actually okay i sort of understand star wars fans through this lens when they're like this like it's like a perversion of the thing that i love because like like the new the enterprise uh series i think it only lasted like one season and in like when was it uh i think like early 2000s or like maybe mid 2000s but like in the pilot one of the very first things that you see is like one of the main characters and she's just naked in a shower cool yeah (laughs) all right i'm in (laughs) yes and i think it was (laughs) let's see this yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> I think it was just such, and I was like 15, so I was like primed to hate everything. Sure. But I, I think I, I just remember being like, fuck just sitting this. down, I'm going to hate this fucking yeah. Star Trek. <laughs> I think they know my show. They don't know. I should be writing this. If you're, universe, if there's any way I can ever be a writer on a Star Trek show. There's that new one. I know. I know. I'm cautiously optimistic. Sure. You're going to have to get a CBS All Access subscription to do it i'll do what i have to do <laughs> i'll do whatever it takes sure to watch star trek i don't blame you well maybe mm. they'll fix it is it a remake or is it like a new fresh it sounds like it's a new fresh thing mm. i haven't read up too much on it interesting mm. so when they do like a new franchise is it just like a new group <laughs> doing their own thing on a ship I, is that yeah, kind of the premise of the shows. Yeah, that's the premise. Yeah, it's sort of the original American Horror Story. Yeah. Like, it's just like it's the same universe, but we're starting over fresh. Okay, but usually, like in the first episode or two, there will be some kind of like handing off of the torch. Yeah, because I noticed in Deep Space Nine they showed Picard. Yeah, and like that evil Picard. Oh, yeah. With the half-robot face? Yeah, there was like a locutus. Oh, well, right. They had to to explain Captain Sisko's backstory, which okay. is tragic <laughs> as hell. He had so a good. wife. I know, because he met her on a beach. Jennifer. And went back to it. Yeah. She was wearing the most 90s bikini I've ever seen. The costume design is incredible. <laughs> it's so, because it's the 90s version of the future, so it's just nothing but like shiny lycra. Right. There was a weird, because he... What's his name? Cisco? Yeah. Captain Cisco. He like accidentally gets warped to the beach where he first met his wife. Mm-hmm. And he there's this weird shot where he's like holding cups and he looks down this like close up of his feet in the sand and he's like, ow! And they kind of pitter patter. But yeah. it is a shot of just his feet going like, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> like what's happening? <laughs> Look, there's there's some amount of weirdness that you just have to be down sure. with with this show. But there that was a shot specifically where I thought. Well, right before what I'm seeing, there was a slate in the frame, and they had a camera and there, like, and they had to figure it out and be like, all right, uh, and start jumping now. And we'll just ADR you making yeah. some noises. Yeah, that's okay, a vision sorry. from the prophets. To be fair, it's not being warped back in time, but okay. Mm. Then there's this interesting thing. Sorry, yes. quick sidestep yeah. of like prophecies and... Yeah like religious type things whereas everything else is very statistics and data and hard fact that's yes. an interesting thing too because that seems more star wars to me of like oh, oh we yeah. have this force thing that we don't talk about but then they find those chosen people that have this power within them yes so, uh, okay sort of <laughs> e- okay <laughs> i'm coming from such a lower level no 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 not even i was just like i never made that connection before and in some ways it's true so basically they like in this pilot episode the federation is coming in to take over control of the space station and they're like oh weird there's a wormhole there let's go through and see what's in there and sure. they go into the wormhole. As one does and, when they find a wormhole. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. go into let's it. Let's go in. And that's one of the things I fucking <laughs> love about Star Trek is the whole spirit. As Deep Space Nine 2, every property is always just like a weird thing. Let's explore and do science. Sure. It's just like their whole mission is just to have fun and do science. Right. Meet new people. 
find new shit. They're not killing people. They're no. not because it's like disparaging a, planets. No, it's like a techno utopia. So they're sure. just like, oh, that's the way you do things. Very interesting. <laughs> I'm down. Cool. I like it. Yeah. Let's explore this. Now. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> um. So they go into the wormhole and they all sort of pass out and they wake up and it's and Cisco wakes up and there's like he's just sort of in a white space and there are these aliens or gods or who knows he calls them aliens the Bajorans call them gods sure uh, and they're like oh you're special and he's like no I'm not and they're like nope you're special let's do some flashbacks to your life so we'll prove to you that you're special and he's like I don't want this. Please leave me alone. And so one of the overarching themes of the show is the prophets being like, we chose you. We chose you to communicate to people who live because they don't live in a temporal space. Basically, they're like out of there. They live in a different dimension. Okay. So they don't experience time as linear. So they know the future. They know the past. They know everything about everything, which is why some people think they're gods. But Cisco is like a rational man of science. And so he's like, no way. They're just aliens. They just happen to live in a different dimension. Yeah. And that's a big source of conflict on the show. It is so weird to think there was a time in recent history Mm -hmm. where some writers and producers went like, we want to make a new Star Trek. Let's put this stuff in the first episode. Right out. You know the, the aliens that live in a different dimension that don't understand time and they all this stuff I'm like we'll put it in the very first get go. Yeah. Here you go. Right out and of the gate. People ate it up. People loved it. Like DS9 didn't ever have as high ratings as Next Generation because it's not as much like fun space rodeo. Sure. But people loved it. Like people were down enough. People were already like we've already accepted this future universe right. where you can replicate anything out of nothing and you can shoot beams of light and kill people. Or but, stun. Yeah, or Thank you. Very mm-hmm. good. I know that st- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's it's wild that they were like, and then on top of that, we're going to put these omnipotent omniscient aliens. Right. Pretty wacky. It's wild. Yeah. It's wild. It's and a lot. People like it. They're, CBS still trying to drain that well. Yeah. And I hope they will forever. The novels are great, too. Wow. I love the extended universe. Did I write fan fiction? Maybe. Did you? Uh, yeah, I think I did as like a preteen. Wow. Man. There's just so much to it. It's a very rich world. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you like it, there are... <laughs> Probably a year's worth of entertainment you can get out of it. Yeah. Between the TV shows, the, what, 11 movies or something? Oh, yeah. Uh, Now these books, too. Yeah, there's books. Something new coming out. Probably comics. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I've never seen a Star Trek comic, I don't think. I'm sure they've got to be out there. Yeah. Interesting. And the fun thing about it that I think you don't as much have the option with in other, like, sci-fi Series is you can always start fresh with your own thing. You can be like, oh, this one planet, I'm going to write a story set on that planet. It's not going to have anything to do with the Federation. It's just going to be about the Klingons doing their thing. Because there's so much, it is like this whole, literally a universe. You can put whatever you want in it. Totally. Totally. What's that test that you take where you have to fail no matter what? I'm going to start. Kobayashi Mario or something. What is that? Isn't there like a Star Trek thing where it's like a test that no matter what you fail? Let me look it up. I think it's called the Kobayashi Mario. Maybe. Maybe this is something I just don't I was just remember. Trying to think of other 
Star Trek. <laughs> like things that you know yeah, about. Phasers. Beaming Scotty. Yeah, Scotty and beaming. Uh-huh. You got to beam people. I was watching an episode a couple days ago where there was a transporter accident <gasps> and they all got stuck in the holodeck. Oh, no. One of those episodes. <laughs> it was a great time. Do you just watch them at random now? Will you just pick like, uh, a random episode to check out or are you working your way back through or? No, I do. I work my way through every once in a while. Uh, okay. I would say like every few years, I'm like, I'm going to watch DS9 again. So uh, okay. I'll watch it through whenever but I... But do you rewatch the other shows too or just DS9? Um, Next Generation some. I've never rewatched Voyager. Sure. I'm sure it's good. Aren't they all like nine seasons though? Yeah. yeah. They're all long as hell. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Is it normally a half hour or is it normally an hour? It is an hour. It's an hour, but it was like network TV hour. So I right. think it's like 40. Okay. But it, six or whatever. Sure. Yeah. But where it was Next Generation and were these all network yeah. hours? Yeah. They're always like drama length. That's a long show. Yeah. To keep up with. I know. I know. And oh it's really God. that weird golden age of 90s TV where there was TV shows were 400 hours of content. Yeah. That's too much. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a big commitment. But I think once you yeah, start, you you're going to like it. I'm not going to continue. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. There's just too much. Like, I, my friend JP, friend of the show, loves Sopranos. Mm. Sopranos? Sopranos? It's mm. probably Sopranos. One of the best shows of all time. I know I would like it. I know I should watch it. Yeah. But it's so long. Yeah. That's how I feel about Breaking Bad. Oh, you should watch Breaking Bad. I'm not going to. You should. <laughs> oh, my God. It's long. so good. But it's so many seasons and it's such big characters. That's not that long. Ooh. It's less than this. Yeah. Breaking Bad. this is fun, though. Six seasons? But Star Trek's Seven. fun. So is Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. It's good. I'm telling you. I think that, like, the episodes that I have seen here and there just bumped me out. Oh, that's fair. So I didn't... I, I had the bad luck of like not being invested in the characters and just watching a woman choke on her own vomit and die. I was oh, like, that's such a this big show's probably not show. for me. You gotta watch it. It's so good. Yeah. I watched Breaking Bad. Like I was watching Mad Men. Mm-hmm. I watched a lot of Mad Men. I watched like three seasons of Mad Men. Yeah. I don't like Mad Men. Why I, did you stick with it? I get it because I wanted to like it. Okay. I thought it was fine, but it's just a slow kind of atmospheric like make your own opinions on what people are doing Mm -hmm. then breaking bad comes along and it's like hey here's the show with like a quick moving plot yeah oh i'm on board yeah this is great like a lot happens in each episode and stuff yeah and just like stuff happens people are making decisions that affect things immediately and you're like oh like the immediacy of this is great not like this may come back in the end of yeah not like don draper has a pitch three episodes from now right and we're gonna see him like saunter through a bar mm-hmm. for 40 minutes yeah a lot of sauntering in that show there was a lot of <laughs> slow 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 scenes but here's which the thing. i love i did watch three seasons of it <laughs> i can't tell you hardly anything about it wow because you were just checked out i don't know it just like wasn't engaging hmm. you know hmm. you need a show that grabs you and holds you yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i know and everybody gets grabbed by different things and i've learned that in trying to make people watch deadwood which Mm. is my favorite i mean it's such a different beast from deep space nine it's like they're sort of both my favorite show but i recognize that deadwood is like better sure 
by like critical standpoints. I get that. Um, but yeah, I feel like I'll show people Deadwood. Like I, I have a weird relationship pattern where I always force dudes that I'm dating to watch Deadwood mm-hmm. and they always like it because I only date cool dudes. Uh, but it's like, or they all lie to you. Yeah. Or they're like, yes, girl, I'm dating. This is awesome. I love this. It's great. So great. I'm loving it. (laughs) Uh, let's kiss more. (laughs) No, we're watching the (laughs) next episode. Stop kissing me. Uh, oh fuck. What was the point of this? Oh yeah. It's so weird to show a show that you love to someone and get like a non-enthusiastic reaction Yeah, because it's like, but what? aren't you seeing that I see? But I think with a show, once you go back, you're seeing it through the lens of, I've already seen all of it. Mm. So it's weird to, I understand like you love every episode cause you see it as the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas like you're going through a show. Like I recently showed my sister the office cause she had never seen it. Mm. And she hated Michael Scott in season one. Yeah. And I remember that was like a thing they intentionally like retooled him and made him more like likable. Less horrifying. But I think going back, it's fine now because you know where he, you already know that information in your head. Uh, you know Toby's Toby and you know that relationship even though they haven't told you it yet. Right. But when so you see that, it for the first time, you're like, why is this guy such a dick? Exactly. I hate him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Deep Space Nine definitely suffers from that because when they started out, they were trying to find a weird mix of like old star trek like happy-go-lucky with just like weird magical elements just jammed in of like the wormhole aliens the prophets and like religion and war and trauma i mean i watched an hour and 10 minutes of the hour and 30 minute pilot Uh before you got here Uh and there was just like a lot going on yes and it's kind of and thank you for trying (laughs) i'll just let it like go over me mm-hmm. wash over like a beautiful wave mm-hmm. and i'll just take what i can enjoy the 90s outfits yeah you can understand the basic story arc but yes. there's stuff of like i don't know who the cardassians are and right. they keep coming up they're they must be important but right were they known prior to that show i think just barely oh okay well i think one of the th- in- things that deep space nine did that the writers did very intentionally was take little plot elements that were mentioned in other series so, like, the Ferengi, which is the species that Quark is, or, like, mm. they just fucking love money. They, like, love it. Were those the ones you said were Jewish? Yeah, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> you... No, I well, thought no, they no, were. I actually did read a great think piece about Star Trek that was, like, they're two of the main, in DS9, like, two of the main species that get, like, their culture gets explored a lot are the uh-huh. Bajorans and the Ferengi. Uh-huh. And the Ferengi are, like, how pe- how people from the outside see Jews, which is like money loving little bar owning like oh right stamps, he owns the bar like cheats yeah he yeah. owns the bar on the station and then the Bajorans are how Jews see themselves which are like a constantly oppressed artistic creative race of like mm. sensitive people interesting and it's just like the two sides of modern Judaism yeah I'm so sorry I, I mixed up the terms Bajoran <laughs> and Ferengi, Ferengi. yeah. It's fine. <laughs> I'll get over it. It's uh, the thing is, but like with Star Wars, mm-hmm, quickly, mm-hmm. I feel like the made-up terminology they just kind of like it's not important. Yeah, there's not a lot of like like Chewbacca's a Wookie, yeah. but you don't need to know that because there's no like. Well, there is a Wookie planet, but they don't go there. You're not, not like, until the Christmas special. <laughs> exactly. So you're not like ooh, uh, I don't I I don't you know. There's not a lot of like. 
What is speech what is about different races or like made up words? For the most part, the made up words have to do with either specific characters, like that's Tarkin, or that's because a name is different. He's, than... a, he's a moth. He's a grand moth. Exactly. But like, whatever. But other than that, you cares? don't need to know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and I think that Star Trek reminds me of comic books where it is like. It's it's wonderful and terrible how much they all build on each other. Yes. Because like I when I was first getting into comic books, I was just like, well, which Spider Man do I start with? Like, right? Where do you start with Spider Man? Do I go all the way back to the nineteen sixties and just start reading every Spider Man thing? Yeah, I was like, you like, don't want to do that. No, of your course time. not. Right. But then once you're in it, you realize like, wow, it is such a cool thing to have this incredibly complex like world that's just like fully built out. Right. And they can like really explore all these different villains and plot lines and like they can get at really complex issues because they've laid down this base. Yeah. But you have to understand that base yes. to then in turn enjoy the splendor. True that. Uh, Which I think is why it's if you're like, "Hmm, I think I might like Star Trek. It's probably better to start with the next generation because they start at a much more base level. Right. They don't expect you to know nearly as much as Deep Space Nine does. That's fair. And it's just not. uh, I feel like I have so many people who really love Next Generation. and I don't want to say this the wrong way. It's so difficult. It's a l- It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's wonderful, but it's a less challenging show. Sure. And I think a lot of people would agree that it's just like emotionally and philosophically and in terms of like what you need to know coming in, it's just more like a normal show and less like a weird August Wilson play. Got it. Another deep cut <laughs> playwright <laughs> reference. Yeah. Sorry. We now know what you Uh-oh, like as a kid. Oh, <laughs> this is what I was doing. <laughs> plays about the black experience in America. That's. I wish that was a true. Oh <laughs> uh, boy. Well, you're cultured. I guess, but I'm extent. insufferable. <laughs> you're lovely. Oh, Stop it. Thanks. This is nice. Man, I love to get hyped on Star Trek. Clearly. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Yes, of course. Wait, I want to know. Do you keep up with TV now? Do you watch much? Uh, non-Star Trek currently <laughs> airing like, stuff? Yes, I watched... What was the last thing I watched? Oh, well, the last thing I watched that I'm able to like talk to people about because I kept up with it was Westworld. Okay, sure. A lot of Westworld. A lot of Stranger Things. I watched yeah. that like when it came out. Sure. Yeah. They they like Star Trek, probably. I bet they do. I mean, they talked about it, but they probably they liked gotta. it. Yeah. They definitely do. Yeah. What's your favorite comedy of all time? Show? Yeah. Probably 30 Rock. Okay. That's a good Maybe one. Maybe 30 Rock. Oh, tough question. I know. But you were so uh, ready with Deadwood and Deep Space Nine. I know. I think I watched more drama. I was, yeah, I was like, <laughs> like needing it like dough. Yeah, two little pizzas you were making. Star <laughs> I watch a lot more dramas than I do comedy. Interesting. I feel like I... Comedy is my like... I'm washing the dishes, so I'll put. I love Bob's Burgers, actually. Oh, good. I think yeah, I, I love like Bob's show. Burgers on a par with the way I love dramas. Wow. Okay. Um, but yeah, I never. I'm like, ooh, I'm so invested in this comedy series. Oh, uh, that's fair. I think I want the escapism. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, that's hmm. an important part of it. Yeah. What are your favorite comedies, though? What should I be watching? Uh, all time or currently. 
currently. Changes it up. Hmm. I've been really enjoying, you would like it too, uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Have you watched oh, this show? Oh, I don't know why I didn't bring that up, but I love Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Oh, it's very good. It's so good. I like that show a lot. I've been rewatching How I Met Your Mother with my girlfriend, Sam, front of the show. What's up, That show Sam? holds up fairly yeah, well. Yeah, Yeah. Okay. I know really very it. smart people who are in comedy who love that show. Uh, it's really, if you can contextualize it with like what multicams were hmm. and kind of look at it through that lens, it's a lot hmm. better. Because it's, uh, I don't know, how, how do I phrase this? There's kind of this new phase of single cam shows that are kind of like multicams. Not yes. to disparage any of them, but shows like, Pretty much any live action comedy on ABC or CBS. Yeah. So well, I was just watching uh, a little bit with my roommate Santa Clarita Diet, oh. which is like a weird hybrid of yes. like it is single camp, but there's something about it that feels very network sitcom-y. Okay. Interesting. It's a weird. It's interesting. Yeah. That's the other thing now, though, is like we're consuming stuff differently. Mm-hmm. So it's weird to watch that versus... Because it's going straight to Netflix, a full mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. And Netflix knows you're going to watch most of it, if not all of it. In like so a two-week period. Yeah, so they just yes. plan for you to like consume it that way. Right. They don't have so to worry about... it's written in such a way where it's not like, okay, got to wait for next week. Yeah. Or yeah. like, hey, our numbers were down. We really got to like do something this week that'll bring them back up. Oh, that's true. I think that's going to make for better art. I do, but I also don't. Oh, okay. Because going back to The Office. Oh, yeah. Let's say they just dropped season one and that's how Michael was. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't be able to go, oh, we're getting like bad. People don't like this. We should course correct. Hmm. Or like Parks and Rec had a similar thing of like. Right. People didn't like Leslie Knope. So they retooled it. They made her more lovable. Yeah. And I think it really benefited the show. It lasted for a long time. It was a really good show. But I feel like a lot of that happened between seasons, right? Probably. So there's still a period after it comes out on Netflix and before they're like shooting. Right. At the but very I don't least. feel like Netflix has to keep shows as much as like a network show would. That's true. Like Fox wants to save their shows. Because they've they, already invested. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Netflix kind of just, I think they just do like, they buy it. They're like, here, we'll put this show out. Yeah. And then if we want to make more, we can. Yeah. I, yeah. Have there been any like... Netflix comedies that have like love had multiple I guess love's gotten a second season and a third now too mm-hmm. like, Bojack Horseman oh yeah Bojack's doing really well Which I like that fuck, show a lot but that's like a classic show to me that never would have survived on a network oh no that's and the, is like such a good yeah incredible piece of art that's the show where it's like oh this works this yes. is why they do this like this is what this is for is for shows that are like for a a, a small like not even that small but for a niche of people this is going to be so important and hit like so powerfully for yeah, them and true. be so funny right that's a really good show god damn so good will arnett was just on wtf it was oh. very interesting do you like wtf no okay me either uh it's fine yeah i skip through the first 30 minutes every time yeah uh i don't like the the tone yeah yeah it's it's like aggressive yeah 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 it's very like yeah why'd you do that yeah yeah there's a weird like power dynamic of Mm -hmm. it i know i feel like he doesn't he like doesn't want to be an interviewer in a weird way yeah he's like yeah but like what's your like cut the bullshit 
and it makes me anxious. Yeah, I get like, that. Like, I think he's a great interviewer and like obviously a crazy talented comedian, but I just get like, ooh, like my shoulders are up at my ears sure. when I listen to WTF. Yeah, I don't like that feeling. Yeah. I get that sometimes with, uh, I don't know, <laughs> not that he's ever going to listen, but like anything involving Matt Besser. Oh, yeah. I'll always feel like, why are you, <laughs> have you ever seen him do like videos of him doing those workshops? Like his no. DCM workshops? No. He'll do, I think I went to one. They'll do at like Del Close Marathon. They'll have a team. This is so inside baseball. Oh, they'll get like wow. a Herald team and he'll watch them perform and like side coach them hmm. and give them notes. And it's so aggressive and very like that was bad or like why, this is why people aren't laughing at it. Just like very like harsh notes. <sighs> and I'd be like I, it would always be like a team that had been there or like people that were comfortable already it wouldn't be like beginners or anything right. but it was still so like, not gonna drag a mess all in there or whatever ugh. it was nerve-wracking yeah i just cannot with that style of communication yeah no it's not good it's not for me <laughs> I so like i was talking with friends recently who were like how do you like la and i was like honestly i love it because everyone here is like passive aggressive in a way that i love like interesting the la style of communication is like you don't say no to things you'd say i'd love to try and make that work sure which i like because you never have to say no mm -hmm. and you never have to hear no but you know you, there's these like levels of communication that are very soothing oh see interesting because my like one of my biggest pet peeves mm -hmm. and it's hard to define specifically but it's when when you I ask you a question you answer no but mean or let's here's an example okay let's say we're trying to pick out a movie and this really happened to me let's say we're picking out a movie okay it's like hey do you want to watch D2 The Mighty Ducks and you go uh yeah we could do that and the code is I don't want to watch that movie yeah but now the onus is on me to go okay we'll pick something else even though you said sure do you but, know what I'm saying? But isn't that the same problem if I said, no, I no, don't want to watch if that. If you said, mm, no, then I'd go, great, settled. Okay. But if you say yes, but mean no. But that's not even a no. The We could watch that is a like, if there's no better options, then yes, that is what but we I'm, watch. But I guess I mean specifically if you're saying we could, but you yeah. do explicitly not really mean want no. To. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I still like that. Oh, see, I hate it. Because <laughs> I'm like, it's not my job to read what you're between the lines of what you're saying. And yeah. now I have to figure like decipher. But the thing is, the fact that you use that as an example means that you know what that means. I know, but I don't like this unspoken. Like, I'll say one thing, but mean another. And I have to then figure out that other thing and then go that direction. Yeah. I would much rather just be like, no. Okay. Okay. Because oh, I know if I it was if you, me, yeah. I would politely go like, well, let's see what else there is. Okay, yes. Or there's other ways of doing Or like, it. maybe, yeah. Again, very specific and difficult to define. Yeah. But when it happens, it is like a fire is burning within me of anger. Like, yes. And I no. think there's, there's gr shades of gray. There's like nuance to this. Because sure. if I say, if you say, do you want to watch Mighty Ducks? And I say. D2 the Mighty Ducks. D2 the second Mighty Ducks. Super sorry. If you say, do you want to watch Teach You the Mighty Ducks? And I say, if I truly mean I would rather gouge my fucking eyes out than watch that movie, and I say, maybe, then that is annoying. Yeah. But if I'm like, I am okay with, I don't like that movie, but I will watch it if there's nothing else we can agree on, mm -hmm. then I think, sure, we could watch that is the perfect thing to say. Or how about this? How about um, 
We can if you want to. I like that. Ooh. I like it because what it means is, look, I don't want to make a big thing about it. If you're excited about it, I will find something I like in it. But no, that's not my preference. Maybe you're just a better person. <laughs> no, it sounds like I'm worse. Because it drives me crazy when it's like, mm. well, if you want to, sure. I know. Like, I okay, hear that argument a lot. No. And it totally makes sense. And I feel like people on the East Coast are better at being like, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, great. Everyone's on the same page. But for me, a hard no is just so harsh. And it's like, what if 10 minutes into scrolling through Netflix, I'm like, actually, I kind of do want to watch D2 with Mighty Ducks. Mm. Or what if you love that movie and I gave it a hard no and now for the rest See, of the day you're going to be like, do we not have anything in common? Can we not be friends? That's why I'm all about the soft no. Oh. Like, no thanks. Or like, I don't think so. You know, a polite no. Yeah. Not like, no fucking way. <laughs> That's problematic. Yeah. Then you have an issue with people skills. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you for yeah. wanting to uh, watch you that piece movie. of shit. And then you just <laughs> Get leave. out of my face. Uh, no, but just to pull. I, I don't think so. That's all right. Yeah. God, I feel like that always causes the same problems as a hard no. We can't have yes or no conversation. No, I This will be a problem. <laughs> no, and I mean, like, I do. This is my preference, but I obviously meet people in the middle. Like, I have friends who are like, I need to hear a hard no if you don't want to go to that restaurant. So they'll say, do you want to go get Mexican? I'll be like, I'm not really in the mood. Sure. Uh, oh, see, but that, I think it is specifically with, like, options. Yeah. Like, it's like, do you, uh, you want to go to this restaurant or do you want to watch this on Netflix? Or, like, the choosing of options. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. The other thing, this is another big pet peeve that yeah. sometimes goes into it. I hate having a plan change during, it's mostly with traveling. Mm. I hate, like, hey, we're going to go to this place. Mm -hmm. And en route, it changes. Even if it's, like, a very little thing, it sets me off. Like, oh, we could go to Santa, we were going to go to Santa Barbara, but let's go to Malibu. It's easier. Yeah. Yeah. But two things I probably went through in the first <laughs> yes, place. Fine, and fair. I guess you pass through Malibu on the way to Santa Barbara. Sure. But it is a thing of just like, I'm already left. It was what we were doing. Like, yeah. That drives me crazy. Yeah. That's annoying. It is an annoying yeah. thing. Or have you ever gone to a place and it's been closed? Yeah. And then it's like, well, what do we do now? That that then you do a different thing that, that you like to off. do. Then you have then you are free. You're free from your plans. You could go anywhere. You could See, be I don't anything. Like that much freedom. I want a very restrictive freedom. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. We're truly two different types of brains. Mm -hmm. When I see that a restaurant is closed, I'm like, great. What's the other thing that I like when to do? One restaurant closes, another opens. So true. In LA, every four months, one restaurant it's closes. True. <laughs> the <laughs> shutters come down. Mm -hmm. And then you have a new pupuseria. What's a pupuseria? A place that sells pupusas. What's a pupus? Oh, buddy. Is it food? About to blow That's your not mind. Food, yeah. Is it? Oh. Uh, pupusas, uh, I'm going to get this wrong. I believe it's El Salvador, but it's like a delicious cheese. It's in between. Okay, it's. I would say it's in between a quesadilla and an uncrustable. It's Ooh, like yummy. That sweet spot. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like cheese wrapped in a tortilla with jelly. like fillings. Yeah, yeah, and just like a thin layer of grape jelly. No crust, so soft, yeah. right out of the microwave. Comes yeah. frozen, you have to let it defrost. Yeah, yeah, you got to. Four Your mom hours. says you can only have one, but you have like four. Yeah. Uh no, it's like a delicious pocket of cheese and fillings. Okay. And like meats, and then you put like a yummy salsa on top. I've probably had one. Yeah. How long have you lived in LA? Three years. You've probably had 
I don't know. Maybe mm. it's just not called a pupusa. Maybe not. They're also in New York, these like beet pouch things you could get at delis. Beet? No, meat. Oh, meat pouch. It would pouch. be like a oh. folded over and then like kind of uncrustable on the side and it'd just be like ground beef in it. Is it like an empanada? Probably. Okay. They didn't really have a name for it. You okay. Just kind of it's just a meat point pouch. Point the counter at 4 a.m. and be like, make that. Yeah. <laughs> and they throw it in a microwave and then they give it to you. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yum. How long did you live in New, New York? New York. Yeah, you're for uh, it. Two years. I okay. Yeah. Shorter than here. Yeah. I like Dang. both. Both great. Mm-hmm. Both dope cities. Both pretty cool. Yeah. I lived in Vietnam for a year. Cool. And Another we were cool like, that also <laughs> cool city. <laughs> A cool spot in the world. Uh, But like part of our like cultural immersion training was like, you got to know, like no one ever says hard no's. Like if they don't want something, there will be some kind of deflection. And like, oh, so you don't like it because you're Vietnamese. (laughs) I'm so Vietnamese. No, I mean, when I got there, I was like, yes, (laughs) this is so restful. I never have to tell someone I don't like what they suggested they can suggest a thing and I can be like, oh, okay, that's an option. And they'll know what I mean. Weird. And I, and I don't have to do that like weird like, antagonistic. They don't, as a people, it's frowned upon to. Yeah. And like linguistically, like sure. just, and I, that obviously that's not true of everyone. And I think like different cities are different and different families do shit differently. But like. You heard here, Caitlin thinks all Vietnamese people are exactly <laughs> the same. They're all the same. <laughs> Aisha. Uh, no, but like that was one of the things that came up like when we were being tutored in like, here's how to like reconcile our two different cultures was sure. like just like people are not going to tell you no if they don't want to do something okay and like try not to say no if you don't want to do something because it's like saying no is for a like i'm going to have sex with you right now and then you're like no it's for like extreme situations oh, okay interesting not for like do you want pho or boom mm. <laughs> and you're like hmm they both sound good mm, they're both delicious. let's explore other ideas <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 uh, exactly okay and i loved it well, good. And boy, let me tell you, the meat pack pouches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there were good pouches. The meat. Vietnamese meat pouch. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a thing we do on the show called postmortem, where I ask you how you feel about how this episode went. <laughs> how do you feel about how this episode went? Mm, I like that you're drawing a box around Quark's name. I don't want to forget. <laughs> it's very important. This he's a great one. character. Um. I feel like it was great we got to talk about all kinds of fun stuff i got to reminisce on my weird childhood yeah i feel like i know a lot more that about... weird uh, <laughs> i mean think of it how you want but okay. it's a little strange all right fine whatever right. uh i got to do long long monologues about how good and important deep space nine is mm-hmm. i feel good about it okay. and it was fun learning about our different communication styles yes. but knowing we can still hang out we can still well if we're <laughs> If we have yeah. a concrete plan. Yes. If there's a concrete plan, yes. nothing changes. Yes. And uh, and we'll meet each other in the middle. If you say, let's get pizza and I'm not in a pizza mood, I'll be like, no, thank you. That's great. And if I say, do you want Chinese and you don't want Chinese, maybe you can be like, hmm, that's one option. Yeah. I think if you texted me and said, do you want Chinese? And I didn't want Chinese. I would say like, not sure if I'm feeling Chinese tonight. How about blank? Perfectly comfortable I think with that's that. what I would do naturally yeah i think that's a happy Great. medium no more chinese food you heard it here <laughs> never again uh caitlin you host the wonderful lizard people podcast 
do things. People should listen to it. I gave you a plug last week too, but here's oh, one this week. That's so nice. Uh, you're a writer. That's you true. told me to. Call I write for the. I was like, I don't know, writer. I write for the website. Who ha ha? Check it out. If you hate it, sorry. Great. Wow. No apologies. <laughs> you like it you like it yeah if you like it great if you don't fuck you uh listen to lizard people mm-hmm. uh you can oh friends of the show alex carolyn jp and sam i feel like they're this friends of the show every week but that's how it should be uh email at indefensepod at gmail you can get twitter at indefensepod that's it watch some deep space nine and do it at least google quirk you got it his face is wild yeah it's and start weird. with season two if you if Why you're like you give me that because <laughs> the pilot is so good oh it's so perfect it's a oh, it's a perfect show okay great okay cool cool thank you for listening goodbye what's a creative podcast network <laughs>